The scripture reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the good people from one another as a shepherd as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left then the king will say to those on his right come come you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance the kingdom is prepared for you since the creation of the world for when i was hungry you gave me something to eat when i was thirsty you gave me something to drink when i was a stranger you invited me in I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will say to, say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see, see you as a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of me, and of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then you will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the, into the internal fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was, in sick, I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer the Lord, When did we see you hungry, or, or thirsty, or a stranger, or in need of clothes, or in prison, and did not help you? He will, reply, he will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the one of the least of these, of me, or of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to the eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. March Madness is canceled this year. I had... Uh... I saw a tweet this week asking, what do normal people do in March? And I'm going to have to ask that question this, this week. Sports leagues are suspending events or reshuffling their events, and I have also decided to reshuffle some sermon plans over the next couple of weeks. We're going to get back to some of those series that I've said that we started at the beginning of this year. We're going to pick up with our Gender Talk series, and we're going to continue to move forward with that in in some coming weeks. But today I thought it might be more appropriate since we know that COVID-19 is on our minds uh, to to talk about some things today. Two ideas were, were hitting me this week. One I'm going to preach on tonight. And that is going to be addressing some of the fear, some of the uncertainty as we look at one of my favorite hymns, Be Still My Soul. And one of my favorite texts of the Bible, Romans chapter 8, which I think is very relevant to us in this time. This morning, though, I want you to reflect with me for a few moments on getting back to some of Jesus' basic teachings about what it means to love our neighbor. And how can we apply that specifically to our situation right now. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself is the second of the two greatest commandments. Jesus also sums up the whole teaching of the law and prophets and the guiding principle of loving neighbor as yourself in Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 when he says that we need to treat others in the way that you would want them to treat you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 echoes the teaching of loving neighbor by telling us that we cannot love God 
whom we have not seen unless we first love our brother whom we have seen. Basically, you cannot keep the greatest commandment, which is to love God with all of your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind, unless you are also willing to love your neighbor as yourself. You cannot keep the first of the greatest commandments unless you are also willing to keep the second of the greatest commandments. They are tied together. And then Jesus even tells us a parable in response to a question that comes to him of the question, who is my neighbor? If we're wondering what does it mean to love a neighbor as yourself, well, who is my neighbor? It was a question that was asked to him in Luke chapter 10. And the parable involves a man who is hurt. And he's been beaten up. And he's been left for dead by the side of this road. And there are two men who first come and they see him on the side of the road. And they pass him by. And these are men who we would expect to be respected men. A priest, a Levite. And they prioritize their religious business and move on and leave him there feeling they have more important things to do. And the one man who stops is the one who Jesus' audience at that time would be shocked to hear as the hero of the story, as the one who actually was the one who cared, who showed mercy, who showed love, and that is the Samaritan. How ironic that the other two men in their prioritization of their religious business actually fail to show true religion to someone who is in need. Jesus responds to the original question, who is my neighbor, by posing a question of his own at the end of the parable. And his question is, which of the men proved to be a neighbor? For ultimately, that is the more important question. Who is my neighbor? Everyone is my neighbor. Who proved to be a neighbor? Will you prove to be a neighbor? Is the question that Jesus is probing each of us with. And that brings me to this question today. How can I best love my neighbor in the age of the coronavirus? Now part of that answer is to do my part, as we're encouraging today, to minimize contact, refrain from our normal hugs and handshakes, to wash my hands, you know, to, to keep my hand, today I'm probably going to have to keep my hands in my pockets or keep them behind my back just to, whenever we're exiting today, so I don't give you the normal greeting that I would give to you. But I'm going to try to do that, and I'm going to do that out of a genuine love for you. That's part of what it means right now to love your neighbor, is to do your part. As we know, the ones who seem most vulnerable to this particular virus are the elderly, those who are immunocompromised, and those who have respiratory difficulties. And anytime some are more vulnerable than others, even if those who are more vulnerable may be in the minority, the loving thing to do, the Jesus thing to do, is not just to say, well, that's just a minority of people. No, the majority of us will be fine. No. The Jesus thing to do is to consider the needs of everyone. 
the minority of people. And not just figuratively pass them by on the side of the road while we go about conducting business as usual. For the sake of the vulnerable, business as usual has to change right now. I like this tweet I saw this week from Daniel Darling. Our entire country is taking great social and economic sacrifice in order to protect the most vulnerable, particularly the elderly. We are saying that older folks have dignity worth protecting. And that should be true in how we see the value of each human. And what we do in loving our neighbor from the womb to the tomb. And when we talk about those most in need of love, I think of this passage that was read today from Matthew 25. I think of the sheep and of the goats and of the separation that happens at the final judgment. In this very vivid picture that Jesus gives us here. And those who inherit the kingdom, at least in this particular picture, I know this is not what the, the Bible says in its entirety about final judgment. That's not the point here. But in this particular picture, what is highlighted, those who inherit the kingdom are the ones who, like that Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, the ones who show mercy to those who are in need. You know, mercy is one of the gifts, one of the spiritual gifts, let's emphasize in Romans chapter 12, that we're supposed to be exercising as a people of God. Compassion is how it's translated in some other places in Scripture, or some of the translations. Those who inherit the kingdom are those who show mercy to the most vulnerable. Who are the most vulnerable? Well, here's some of the ones that Jesus gives us in these parables. He mentions the hungry, he mentions the thirsty. The stranger, which probably means those without a home. Those with inadequate clothing or the naked. The sick. The imprisoned. Now that's not an exhaustive list. There are others that we could put on that list of being in positions of being vulnerable, especially in a time like now. But these are some of the main examples of those in greatest need. And Jesus even uses the expression here, brothers. Now, now, what does that mean when you read that in the Scriptures? Well, sometimes it means brothers in Christ, fellow Christians, those who are in Christ. Well, the church hasn't really begun yet at this point, whenever he's preaching this. It's not probably not what exactly what he means in this context, fellow Christians. Sometimes it means fellow Jews, you know, the brotherhood of Abraham. Sometimes it means simply fellow humans, the brotherhood of Adam. As Marshall Keeble used to say when he talks about loving, loving your brother, loving those around you, if, if I miss him in Christ, I'll catch him in Adam if we go all the way back. Now most likely, in this context, that's what he means. Fellow humans, those who are made in the image of God. And then Jesus even tacks on this expression, even the least of these. Now what he probably means by that is that at least in the eyes of the world, in terms of status in the eyes of the world, in terms of attention in the eyes of the world, the most overlooked, the lowliest in worldly terms, all of those who those, who's, those who in past 
you know, utilitarian ideologies that we've seen in the world and in history, like the Nazis, those who would have just been discarded. The elderly, the disabled, those who we don't think contribute as much in worldly terms. Jesus measures what we do for him by how we treat the least of these. That's part of what I'm taking from this teaching here today. So who are the least of these when it comes to something like the coronavirus and the time that we're living in? Here's some of what comes to my mind of those we need to especially be focusing on right now of how we can love them. Number one, I'm thinking today about those whose income will be greatly affected by what's going on. I'm not just talking about long-term investments in the market. We know that's been rocky. I'm talking about week-to-week -week paychecks. I'm talking about people whose work may not allow them to work from home, whose work may be discontinued for quite some time, who may not have their week-to-week -week paychecks that they are expecting to come in. I saw another tweet this, this week of someone who was concerned about the, the lady who cleans their house. Now, she's, that's just one example of, of a profession where a lot of people aren't going to be having outsiders come in and clean their house right now if they're trying to, to quarantine themselves at home. She's going to be missing out on a lot of work. That's just one of many, many examples that we could give. You think about all the people that work in theme parks, that work in theaters, that work in sporting arenas right now. Maybe they're going to be compensated. Hopefully they're going to be compensated for some of that. Some may not be. It's going to be a challenging time even for those who are. There's a lot of uncertainty just from an economic perspective right now. There's a lot of people for us to be praying about. There's people in this congregation that may be affected. We need to be thinking about what we're going to do to encourage them right now. Secondly, I'm thinking about parents. Schools are closed for the next couple of weeks. And I understand why. The parents are going to have to figure out ways to watch their kids and get less work done at home if, if their work is expecting them to continue to work from home. Or they're going to have to have the expense of extra, of unexpected child care. And some of those child care facilities are not going to be functioning right now as usual. There's a lot of people who are going to be under some extra stress right now just in taking care of their families. Third, I'm thinking of those who live by themselves. And if they're going to be staying at home, those who choose to quarantine right now, maybe they need to, you know, if that wears on for a while, they're going to be battling some loneliness. How are we going to address that during this time of social distancing? We're already a culture that deals with more loneliness than what we realize. And that's going to be even more of a challenge over the coming weeks. And I'm thinking of those who are already in poor health. Do not forget those who are already struggling with ailments right now. Not only are they more vulnerable to this virus, but 
With all the attention going to the virus, let's not forget to continue to pray for people who are dealing with other things. You know, diabetes and chronic pain and the common flu, those don't go away just because there's something new around right now. And fifth, as I mentioned early, earlier, I am, I'm concerned for our elderly. I'm thinking about them, how we love them, especially those without a strong biological family support system right now. And we have several of those in our congregation. We do. How are we going to be their family in this time? Now, I know my list is not exhaustive. Those are just some of the ones that come to my mind right now of, of the least of these, of thinking of how we can love them right now. Now, here's what's tricky with this particular scenario we're dealing with right now. I'm not an infectious disease expert. I don't even play one on TV. But I know that loving the most vulnerable right now does not mean all of us lining up to go see them and give them a hug. But here are some things that we can offer, even to those who are quarantining themselves at home. One, cards. Two, phone calls. Three, maybe offering to go to the grocery store or drugstore, places that they, those people especially need to avoid going to, maybe doing that on their behalf. Maybe wearing some latex gloves, as you see our men uh, using today and serving our community even today. But to offer to pick up their groceries or their medicine for them and drop the, it off for them. Or helping them get set up with some delivery service that will do that for them. Just finding ways to help them with their basic needs over the coming weeks. How about with parents who may be in need with school-aged children? Would you be willing to offer to help them? Just to reach out to them. What would be most helpful to you right now? If they're comfortable with you uh, helping to watch their children so they can get some other things done, that would be a huge help right now. Whatever they're going to be comfortable with, the ways that you can help them. We may have to be creative right now. But we've got to find ways to stay connected with each other and love each other, even in this time of social distancing. Be smart. Do what you can to protect yourself and protect others. But do not use this time to just withdraw completely and just take this as a vacation to be selfish. There are ways we can show love to the least of these. Do not leave them bleeding on the side of the road. This is no time for cowards. This is a time for real courage. This is a time for real love. So my encouragement to all of us today is to be the hands and feet of Jesus this week. To view our neighbors as if they are as valuable as Jesus himself. What you have done to the least of these, for the least of these, you have done to me. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this gathering today, for everyone's courage to come together. We need each other. We need strength right now. We pray, Father, that you would ease any fear, any anxiety that's in our hearts today. We pray that we would look to you, 
right now to, to order and provide. We pray, Father, that you would give us wisdom to know how we, what we should and should not do to love our neighbors as ourselves right now. We pray that we can exercise that love in ways where we may have to get a little more creative right now, but give us that wisdom to show, show us how to do that, to make sure each member of this congregation knows that they are valued. And even those outside of this congregation, the people of the world, may we see this as an opportunity to show them the courageous love of Christ. And may they be attracted to who Jesus is through this time. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, for those who are gathered here, we're also going to, to give you an opportunity to respond today. If you have something specific that you'd like us to pray about as your family, we're going to sing a song of encouragement, and you can share that with us. Today, if you're here, and, and I don't know everyone's situation in your relationship with God, but I do know that Jesus died on the cross to cover the sins of everyone. To bring to uh, give us the opportunity to be brought back into a right relationship with God, even though we have failed and we've fallen short of the glory of God, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. All have sinned, all need Jesus. He is the one who can bridge that gap, who can bring us back to our God, that we can once again share in the righteousness of God. This happens whenever we respond to that grace that He's offering to you today. By believing in Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. By repenting of those sins that you have committed. By wanting to, a new direction for your life is what that means. If we're willing to confess that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's just making that faith known publicly. I'm not being ashamed to say that out loud. And then all that comes together when we're baptized into Christ. We go from being outside of Him to being in Him. We are joined with Him. We die with Him. We are buried with Him. We are raised with Him to walk in newness of life as Romans chapter 6 talks about. Acts 2.38 says that in that moment you receive the forgiveness of sins from God. And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today if that has not been your experience and you want to make that right with God or anything else we can help you with today, please come as together we stand and as we sing.